I love this guy. Come on, help me welcome Bishop Lance Johnson from Relevate Church in Ranger, Georgia. Come on, give the Lord some praise tonight. He's worthy, amen. Come on, give all your praise to him tonight. Come on, he's the one that loved you when nobody else could love you. He's the one that reached down where nobody else could reach you. Come on, he's worthy tonight. He didn't ever give up on you, and he's not give up on you now. I don't know what you're going through, but I know God's more than enough. Amen? And he's worthy of all of our adoration and all of our praise. He deserves more than a patty cake. Amen? I believe we got one more shout left in us. Come on, let's give him a big shout. Amen. Well, glory to God. Oh, am I excited to be in Georgia tonight? It's awesome, amen? I can't wait to get here every opportunity I get. You can be seated tonight. I'm on assignment, so I'm not going to take a long time, but let me just say I so much love those here at the North Georgia Revival. I love Christ Fellowship. You are our, our home away from home, and we love you more than words can ever say. Thank you for your dedication, your faithfulness, all the churches that have partnered together with Christ Fellowship for your labor of love, those that intently pray week after week, night after night. Thank you that you are persistent, you are relentless, you are you are passionate, and you refuse to bow. Amen. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, Pastor Todd and Karen, for your fortitude, for your steadfastness, for your willingness to lay it all down to see a move of God. Thank you that your hunger is not for revival, but is for his presence. Thank you. You've not lost sight of the call and the mandate. And with that said, tonight I'm on assignment. I want to say something before I preach. I am unapologetic in the, in the nature of the fact that I don't apologize for what I preach. I know that sometimes I preach hard and I'm not apologizing for that. I'm on assignment. God did not call me to coddle people. God called me to raise an army. God called me to speak awakening. He said, son, you preach me for who I am and what I do. Don't apologize. Don't look at results. You preach me for who I am and exactly what I do. God did not raising up a generation of people with passive ministry. He is raising up an army. He is raising up a generation of people that I believe will walk in the true anointing of God, and they will not settle for anything less. I'm at a point in my life that I will not settle for powerless ministry. I will not settle for programs that are powerless. I will not walk in insecurity that I need other people to feel significant or important. My identity is from Jesus and nobody else. God needs a generation that knows who they are and who he is that is in them that they don't matter what other people say about them, what persecutions they go through, what gossip is said about them, they will remain faithful and steadfast and unaffected by what happens to them. We're not identified by what people say about us. We're identified by what God thinks about us. Mm-hmm. Not what people say about us. Because when the anointing comes, I promise you, there's a lot of antichrist out there. See, they don't care about a church that preaches about who Jesus used to be. They don't care about a church that preaches about who Jesus will be someday. They're like the religious system of Jesus' day. They talk about the God of Moses, and they talk about the God of eternity, but they did not want to talk about the God that was standing right in front of them. See, they had a problem which Christ showed up. 
And see, people don't have a problem with you being powerless. But when the Christ in you shows up, they got a problem. I'm talking about the same Christ in you that walked the face of this earth in the form in the body of Jesus. That same Jesus lives on the inside of you through the power of the Holy Ghost. And when the anointing comes on, yokes get destroyed, burdens get removed, captives get set free, broken hearts get healed, and people get delivered. Lives begin to change and marriages begin to be restored. People that were lost get, get, get found. People that were demon-possessed get set free. They don't have to go through 37 steps of deliverance. When the Christ comes in, the chains fall off and the devils flee. Yeah, I'm going to preach in here in just a minute. I want to lay down some foundation because there's a lot of insecure people in the ministry today that are operating in program. And if their people get delivered, they have no identity. I'm going to say that one more time. There's a lot of people operating in ministry today. They don't want the anointing because they love people needing them. We need to get people set free, healed, and delivered, and transformed instead of having to depend upon us. And if people get set free, some people won't have no identity because their identity is in their ministry and not in Jesus. Oh, I needed to say that today. I'm prophesying. Maybe some of y'all are missing that tonight. But I'm really talking to some ministries tonight. You need to quit having to need people to need you. I'm going to say it again. You need to get delivered from you needing people to need you. You need as much deliverance as the people you're ministering to. Oh, help me, Jesus. God's raising up an army of people. We're going to be setting people free. We're going to get people born again. We're going to be preaching the truth that sets the captives free, that delivers the bound, that heals the sick, that restores the family. Do you understand that, that darkness has no entity? It has no existence, only at the absence of light. We're sitting around complaining about the devil, but I got news for you. When the light comes on inside of you, the, the darkness has to flee. Come on, if you want to deal with the evil in America, turn the light on, church. You want to change our nation, turn the light on. In the Bible, the light didn't come from a light switch, honey. It came from the fire of God. It is fire that produces light. And if the church will get baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire, the darkness will flee our land. My God. I'm telling you, dope addiction and, and, and alcoholism will flee. I'm telling you this sexual immorality, pornography, homosexuality, fornication, adultery, it will flee, jealousy, lying, envy, and strife will leave. Every manner of evil will leave if the church will turn the light on. Can I tell you the church is coming to a place that sinners will not feel comfortable in the church unless they get born again. They will be forced to make a decision because Psalms 1 said the wicked cannot sit in the house of the righteous. The light is coming on and the people that are coming into the church will either do one or two things. They will either come to Jesus and get radically saved or they will run out the door screaming in anger. There is, no, there is supposed to be no comfortable place for sinners to feel comfortable in the house of God. I'm going to preach and prophesy a little bit more tonight. 
I may never get to my text. I may just prophesy all night long. We are coming to a place in the church that the saints in the house are not going to be able to come and be comfortable in the sanctuary with sin in their life. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to have to deal with the stuff you've been hiding in the crevices because when God shows up, God makes you deal with your junk. Somebody say God's cleaning up his church. God's cleaning up his church because when God gets his church right, our nation's going to get right. So goes the church, so goes the nation. Quit blaming the Democrats on the condition of our country because the Democrats are not responsible. It is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that turned the light down to try to be people pleasers instead of God pleasers, and our nation is in trouble. So goes the church. So goes the nation. The day that we become people seeker sensitive is the day God left the building because we've been people seekers and not God seekers. I'm going to say it one more time. We were people seekers and not God seekers. If we seek God, God will capture people. Turn your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 16. I'm on assignment tonight. I got no apologies to make. But I want you to say, I love you. I love the church. I love the church. I love the church with every fiber of who's in me. I love the blood bought, the redeemed church. I love the church that carries his presence. But I'm going to tell you, I've got no compassion for religion. I'm coming after religion with a fury tonight. I believe the fire will burn out that religious spirit in your life tonight. I believe the spirit of Antichrist is going to leave infuriated tonight. I believe that. That same spirit of Antichrist that hated Jesus in the earth is the same spirit of Antichrist that hates the Jesus in you. Everybody calls it a spirit of religion. It's the spirit of Antichrist. It denounces that Christ is in you. My Bible tells me Christ in you is the hope of glory. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Jesus is still doing right now what he did then, and he will be doing it until his second coming. He has not changed. He's still getting people out of the grave. He's still opening blinded eyes. He's still causing crippled legs to walk. He's still breaking shackles off of people's lives. He's still healing broken hearts today. He is still the healer of cancer. He is still the healer of diabetes. He is still the healer of fibromyalgia. He is still the healer today of crippling arthritis. He is still the healer today of depression. He is still the healer today of anxiety. He is still the restorer of your marriage. He is still the restorer of the home. He is still the one who breaks the chains of sins off of humanity. He is still washing away the sins of the world with the blood of Jesus. He is still the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is still the first and the last. He is still my rose of Sharon. He is still the lily of the valley. He is still the bright and morning star. He is still the fuller... He's still the rock of ages. He's still your fortress and your shield. 
He's still your strong power. He's still your way maker where there seeming not to be a way. Can I preach in here tonight? He is still your hope and he is still your courage. He is still your peace that passes all understanding. He's still your joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Why you got a frown on your face when you can have the joy of the Holy Ghost? Why are you walking in bondage when you could be living in freedom? Why are you still living in depression when you could be living with the mind of Christ? I just got a question. Why you want to live that way? You want to live in fear and doubt or you want to live in faith and victory? Because if you got faith in who he is and what he does and what his word said, you will walk in victory because he said he always, not sometimes, but always causes you to triumph. He said you're more than a conqueror. Somebody say, I'm not conquered and I will not be conquered. Come on, you need to shout it tonight. I'm more than a conqueror. Come on, you are victorious. You are triumphant. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and, and not beneath. You are blessed coming in and blessed going out. I'm blessed in the country and I'm blessed in the city. My God, I am blessed tonight. The devil will not call me cursed. I am a conqueror. I am free. I am My God, I am whole, not crippled. I am whole. I am, listen, I'm not speaking about physical infirmity. I'm not handicapped tonight. Do you understand? I am whole because Jesus paid the price for my wholeness. I am not the walking wounded, honey. I am triumphant. I am whole. I am an overcomer. Oh, God, help me preach tonight. Well, I might just give an altar call. Well, y'all just let me get to my point. It's going to be short tonight. We're getting in the water. Listen, I want you to hear this. In Luke chapter 16, verse 19, there was a rich man who the Bible said fared sumptuously. He was fared sumptuously with, with, with purple and fine linen, the Bible says. And the Bible said every day he'd come in and out of his house and he would sit at his table. He was rich with all kind of goods. And every day there was a crippled man named Lazarus that laid at his gate. And, and Lazarus begged for the crumbs that were falling from this rich man's table. He longed to have what the man possessed. He didn't want his totality. He wanted his crumbs. Everybody say his crumbs. Can I tell you that some people could live triumphantly off the crumbs that fall off our tables? And the Bible says that the man gave unto him literally nothing, but the dogs came. Say the dogs came. And the dogs licked his wounds. There's another account of another story, and I'm just going to paraphrase through these very quickly for the sake of time that I can get to my point in Luke chapter 10, verse 33. The Bible said there was a certain Samaritan, and the certain Samaritan was taking his journey. And as he made his journey, the Bible says that he saw a man who had fallen into the hands of thieves. 
And the Bible said that he saw him and he was half dead. And when the scripture says he saw him, he had compassion on him. Everybody say compassion. If your compassion does not move you to actions, then you don't have compassion. You have sympathy. People do not need your sympathy. They need your compassion. And your compassion is powerless without the power of the Holy Ghost. Compassion in itself will not get people healed. You've got to have power behind your compassion. Somebody say you need power behind your compassion. And let me say this to you, to walk without the baptism of the Holy Ghost means that you are walking without the power of God. I'm going to say it one more time. To walk without the baptism of the Holy Ghost means that you walk powerless. If you do not have the power of the Holy Ghost, you've got no power to heal nobody. You have no gifts to help nobody. You must be baptized in the Holy Ghost in fire or you don't have nothing to help nobody with. My Bible tells me that when he chose his 12 and they became 11 and the rest of those that would follow, he said, you go and tarry until you be endued with power from upon high. The church has got to come to a place that we're not leaving until we have the power. We're not leaving till we've been baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. I don't need a convenient baptism. I need a baptism of fire that when I get the baptism, I'm going to speak in tongues all night long. I'm going to cast out devils. I'm going to heal the sick. I'm going to, listen, I'm going to work in miracles. I'm going to work in prophecy. I'm going to work in the word of knowledge. Oh, no, honey, I ain't ashamed. Every gift God has, I want it. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed that I preach with boldness. I'm not ashamed that I offend people because Jesus did not come to bring peace but a sword. My gospel separates the light from the darkness. My God. Y'all have to forgive my voice. I preach a lot. Now watch this. He had compassion. And the Bible said when he found him, he poured in the oil and the wine. And he bound up his wounds. Somebody say, you got to have some oil. Or you can't heal nobody. You got to have something to pour into somebody. Listen, your compassion ain't getting it done, honey. Your sympathy ain't getting people changed. You got to have some power to get them healed. Peter said to the man at the gate, beautiful, I ain't got you no change to keep propping you up at the gate, beautiful no more. I ain't bringing you back to the dead, same crippled place you've been coming back to all your life. I'm going to give you something going to change your life. I ain't got no money, but what I have, I give unto you. I'm asking you, church, what do you got tonight? Do you got what it takes to get a crippled man up? Do you got what it takes to get an addict out of bondage? Do you have what it takes tonight to bring broken? to healing to the broken heart do you have what it takes to bring your crippled people to walking do you got what it takes to change a nation my God then we if we don't we better get back in our prayer closet until we do and stop going to seminaries that teach us theology that, 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 that explains away the power of God 
Can I give you a word today for American seminaries? It is nothing more than theology, theology that makes excuses for why God don't have no power. Mm. And those are the leaders you want in your pulpits today. Panty-wasted poopsies that spent the last seven years of their life learning why God didn't part the Red Sea. Boy, it got tied in here tonight, didn't it? Pastor, come help me preach. I need you to be crippled for just a minute. Can you just be crippled? That means you got to be limp and powerless. So here's the church in the 21st century. We're carrying crippled and broken people all are y'all hearing me preach? Instead of doing what Peter did at the gate beautiful, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. My God, I'm tired of carrying people. I'm tired of toting folk. I'm tired of keeping people propped up. I'm tired of putting a Band-Aid on a disease that's going to kill them when we could have the anointing that will heal them. Mm. Can I have that water? Listen. It's a good thing you ain't got an organ player. Watch this. Watch this. He had the goods, but he had no compassion. Because see, the truth is the church without compassion. Mm. This is going to be tough. Y'all ready? In Matthew 7, the Bible's pretty clear. He said, in that day they will say unto me, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out devils in your name? Did we not heal the sick in your name? Uh-oh. And he will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. Can I tell you there are people in the church that are walking around with fake gifts and fake ministries that really have no power. They know all about God. They know the theologies of God. They know the doctrines of God, but they don't know God himself because they spent all their life in ministry instead of walking with Jesus. 
I'm going to preach it here tonight. They're serving ministry and they're serving ministries and they're not serving Jesus. They know church protocol. They know church ministry ideas. They know church programs, but they do not know Jesus. If you know Jesus, you carry the same compassion of Jesus. If you know Jesus, you carry the nature of Jesus. If you know Jesus, you reflect Jesus. If you know Jesus, you walk like Jesus. If you know Jesus, you love like Jesus. I want to preach it here today. When you walk with Jesus, you smell like Jesus. When you walk with Jesus, you resemble Jesus. Yeah, I'm going to preach it here today. When you walk with Jesus and your eyes full of light, then your, your whole body is full of light. If sinners are clinging to you, then listen, your, your light really ain't on because the only sinners that ought to be coming to you are the sinners that want to repent and be converted. Y'all ain't hearing me preach today. I ain't never had no problem with peer pressure because when I came out of the spiritual birth canal, I came out with the light of God and the sinners didn't want no part of me. I didn't have to lose their phone number. They lost my phone number. If you got children blaming your problem, bringing their problems on peer pressure, you get them full of the Holy Ghost and the fire and the sinners will run from them. Ain't no drug addict chasing me down. Ain't no hoe chasing me around. I'm going to preach in here tonight. They ain't, no, they ain't no dope dealers trying to find Lance Johnson no more because when the light came on, wasn't no dope left in my life. Wasn't no Jack Daniels. Ain't no strippers got my phone number no more. Y'all don't want to hear me preach in here tonight. They don't know my, they don't know my name at the, at the bar no more. Because when the light comes on, everything changes. Somebody say, the light come on. Because listen, when you know Jesus, you reflect Jesus. When you know Jesus, Jesus is displayed in you. You walk in the same compassion of Jesus. You have the same heart of Jesus. Can I prove it? The rich man had no compassion for Lazarus. And he had no heart for his lost family member. Because only until he went to hell did he ever care about his five lost brothers. And let me tell you something. When the church is more concerned about their own well-being than they are the lost family members in their home, then the church has lost its characteristic of Jesus. A church that don't love the lost don't love Jesus. Oh, boy, I felt that. I'm going to preach right into it. I'm coming after you, devil. I ain't backing up. I ain't letting up. The church has been the me church for way too long. We've been concerned about, about our stuff, what we going to get, and we've lost sight that Jesus came into the world to save and to redeem the world. He said, I didn't come for the well. I came for the sick. I come to seek and to save that which was lost. He's after every prostitute. He's after every liar. He's after every manipulator. He's after every heroin addict. He's after every prostitute. He's after every alcoholic. He's after every gun runner. He's after every gutter rat. He's after, oh, God, I don't want to hear me preach today. God is after every lost person. Where you're, whether you're lost in the white-collar world or you're lost in the blue-collar world, Jesus is after the lost. We got too many me churches instead of Jesus churches. 
How do I know, how do I know the rich man had the goods? He had the goods, but he didn't know Jesus. He had the goods, but he didn't know the heart of God because he had let a beggar lay outside the gate and beg, and he wouldn't even give him a crumb that fell off his table. And the Bible said the dogs, the dogs represented the Gentile world, the lost. The rich man re represented the Pharisees, the covenant children. Yes, they were. They were covenant children that took a God covenant and took God-instituted methods that would lead humanity to himself. And they turned it into a godless institution. And just because we name the name of Christ don't mean that we've turned the church into a godless institution. I don't care how much you sing about him. I don't care how many Jesus posters, how many crosses hanging around your neck. I'm gonna preach it here today. If you don't know him, it means nothing. If you ain't walking with him, it means nothing. If you don't have his heart, it don't mean nothing. If you're not walking in his will, it means nothing. If you believe thou art one God, thou dost well. John said the devils also believe and tremble. Just because you believe don't mean you're a Christian. He said to the leaders of this religious institution, that was once a God, a God door for people to come into the kingdom. Watch this. He said, you shut up the kingdom of heaven. You won't let anybody in and you won't come in yourself. My goodness. I just wonder if we become so self-centered, ritualistically routine, that we've not shut up the kingdom from the lost. We don't walk in our set. Can I tell you what it means to walk into the kingdom? When you get born again, you're born again into the kingdom. The Bible said, unless the man be born again, he cannot see, nor can he enter the kingdom of God. Woo, y'all ain't hearing me preach tonight. It takes a spiritual conversion for you to be in the kingdom. Are y'all following me tonight? Let me tell you what happens when you come into the kingdom. When you come into the kingdom, that means the kingdom comes into you. Oh, yeah, that means all of the power and all of the authority of heaven moves on the inside of you. That's why Jesus said when you come preaching, preach the kingdom of God is at hand. Well, with the kingdom of God comes all of the authority, all of the power, all of the promises, all of the, all of the things that Jesus does comes when the kingdom is on the inside of you. You know why the kingdom? Because the king is in the kingdom. <laughs> wow. So, he never cared about the lost and he never cared about them. But the Bible said the dogs came. The dogs were the Gentiles. They had no concept of God. They had no promises of God. They were a lost world. And the lost world came and licked the wounds. Somebody say lick the wounds. When you got no power to give nobody, all you can give them is sympathy that benefits you. The dog didn't lick the wounds of, the, of, 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 of Lazarus because he felt sorry for him. He got something out of it. Because you remember a dog will lick his own behind.
a dog will eat its own poo. Boy, y'all got quiet on me. I dare you go home and kiss your dog now. Dogs eat nasty stuff. Dogs will eat nasty stuff. Nasty. Just listen, I know your dog don't because it eats at your table. But most dogs will eat nasty stuff. Are y'all hearing me tonight? That dog was not licking the wound of that man because that, that, that he felt sorry for the man who had wounds. He licked the wound because he benefited from it. And every time he licked the wound, he would remove the scalp and infect the wound. And powerless people who have no Holy Ghost have nothing to gain from licking your wound except what they benefit from it and the fact that it infects you with the worst condition than you had before you ever got sick. I'm going to preach in here to you right now because here's what we've done. We came with powerless, yeah, powerless, ineffective, worldly concepts, worldly ministry that were more psychologically infused than they were Holy Ghost anointed. And we brought it in the church and we modeled the world better than we modeled Jesus. Y'all ain't hearing me preach. And the people that came through the doors desperate for Jesus was handed a dog licking wound-licking ministry instead of the anointing of Jesus that would have healed them. And now they're right back in the same club that they came out of to come to our religious institutions. And they don't think there's no hope in the church because we lick their wounds instead of heal their wounds. And we've done them more damage than we did good. Y'all ain't hearing me preach. See, I done been in this thing a lot longer than some of you have. And I come out of the shoot ministry. And here's what I want to tell you. I prop people up for years with rehabs and programs. And there was a revolving door. And when you start talking about Jesus, well, I've done done that. You start talking about the power. Well, I done been to the church. I done been to the program. I done been through four programs. My God, you didn't go through four times of Jesus and come out bound worse than you were in the beginning. If you come through the door of Jesus, Jesus still sets people free. I tell you, if you didn't get free, you got your wounds licked instead of your wounds healed. I'm going there. I'm coming for you, devil. I'm coming for you, spirit of Antichrist. You don't want people to get healed because you're getting something out of licking people's wound. It pays your salary. It feeds your ego. It feeds your low self-esteem. The truth is, oh, y'all really don't want to hear me preach. Enablers is the word used. Codependent is what the word is. You need people to need you. That's why you like licking wounds. You don't need to lick wounds anymore. You need the anointing of God that heals the wounds. Oh, I'm going to preach right up this road and back down that road five more times, honey. My God, we've got to get anointed, church. And you know what's worse than being a wound licker? 
is having the goods, knowing that you read the Bible, knowing that you had the promises and you never applied them. You want to tell, let me just, can I go down this road, Pastor Todd? I'm strong. Can I go, Pastor Care? I'm going to run down this road. You know what the greatest shame that's ever been in the body of Christ was when the Pentecostal church, the spirit-filled churches of America, begin to compromise their message and their power because they wanted to please people more than they wanted to live in obedience to the will of God to get people saved, healed, delivered, and set free. We move casting out demons to the back room. We move the gifts of the Spirit to the back room. We move the anointing of God to the back room to make non-believers feel comfortable. Honey, if the power of God in my life makes you feel uncomfortable, Run, forest, run. Run, forest, run. Run, 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 run. Because I'm going to speak in tongues. I'm going to cast out devils. I'm going to heal the... By God. Where is the church? Where's the church that's not ashamed? My God, we're ashamed in church. How much more ashamed are we in Walmart? I'll ask you a question tonight. I'm going, I'm done. But I'm going to quote you four scriptures before I leave this pulpit. But I'm done. I'll ask you a question. Get mad, get glad. But see, I brought you to a place to make a decision. I'm either going to wake you up or you're going to go back, crawl in your cave and go to sleep and act religious and do nothing to change this world. I'd rather have... Ten people full of the Holy Ghost than 5,000 people pleasers. I'll go a step further. I'd rather have 10 men or women full of the Holy Ghost in fire than I had 20,000 people pleasers. Because if his salt has lost its flavor, it's not good for anything. Give me a pinch of something that still has the flavor over a whole mound of something that's lost its flavor. So I'm going to ask you tonight, I'm going to ask you a question. If you look at your life, you look at your ministry, you look at what you've done for the kingdom, are you a wound licker? Are you a wound healer? See, most people like to think that they're wound healers. But if we look back at the results of what we've done, and if all you did was put self-centered people in pews, you listen to me, church, filling up a church full of spectators, is not the fulfillment of the Great Commission. If those people are not devoted followers of Jesus, willing to lay down their lives, willing to put their hand to the plow and not look back, 
people that are on a journey that are being changed from glory to glory to glory. We are not a church of perfect people, but we are a church that is on a perfect pathway that I am not going to be the same man next month that I am this month because I'm following Jesus. And as I follow Jesus, I'm being changed from glory to glory to glory. My God, I'm changing by the hour. I'm changing by the day. Come on, things I was struggling with last month, I ain't struggling with this month. Things I thought last month, I ain't thinking this month. But God's changing my mind, my behavior, and my actions. Woo. He's changing my character. He's changing my personality. Somebody say we're called to make disciples. Disciples are followers of Jesus. Hello, somebody, not weekend warriors. Followers of Jesus. All right, I'm done. I got to get this thing in. Are you ready? Y'all ain't going to like this. We go in here. Mark chapter 4, verse 24. Y'all ready? News about him spread as far as Syria, and the people soon began to bring unto him all that were sick. Whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed, epileptic, or paralyzed, he healed them all. Luke 4.40. As the sun went down that evening, people throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus. No matter what their diseases were, he touched the touch of his hand, healed everyone. Somebody shout everyone. Say it again, the touch of his hand. Not his counsel, not his diagnosis, not what he spoke over them. His hand healed everyone. Oh, Lord, what have we turned your ministry into, Jesus? Then the Pharisees called a meeting to plot how they would kill Jesus, God's chosen servant. But Jesus knew what they were planning, so he left that area. Everybody said he left that area. Do y'all know why they were going to kill him? Because he had healed all the people. Can I tell you they can't kill the church? They can't lock you up. They can't confine you. They can't stop you. They can't silence you. They can burn you at the stake. They can hang you on a cross upside down, but they will never shut down the church of the Lord Jesus Christ because it has been written that the gates of hell shall never and will never prevail against the church. They can't stop us. You quit running because somebody talked about you on Facebook. Just because, well, they got offended because we spoke in tongues. We'll get offended. 
They got offended because we cast out devils. We'll get offended. If you don't understand it, read your Bible. That's the problem. We got too many people that claim to be Christian and they're biblically illiterate. They've been in church 40 years and don't believe in demons. There's something wrong with you. There ain't nothing wrong with me. There's something wrong with you if you don't believe in demons and you read your Bible. If you don't believe in tongues and you read your Bible, there's something wrong with you, not me. My Bible says, these signs shall follow those that believe. In my name, they will speak in new tongue. In my name, they will cast out demons. In my name, they will heal the sick. My problem's not me. My problem's why ain't you doing it? What signs are following you? Wound liquor. So what's wrong with America today? We got too many wound lickers. I ain't going to stop there. I'm going to go, you call me mean if you want to call me mean. I don't care if you ever come back to hear me preach again. I'm going to tell you the truth while I got your ear right now. When I've run every last devil out of here, I'll stop. But right now, I'm still chasing one. And if you ain't willing to answer the altar call, you might better run right now because I'm coming for you in just a minute. I'm coming for the spirit of Antichrist in just a minute. I'm going to give you a chance to get delivered tonight, honey. I'm going to give you a chance tonight to have that devil cast out of you. So if you don't want to let go of him, you might better run right now. It might be your only chance. I'm telling you, I don't come to play. I'm coming for the devil tonight. I ain't being mean. I'm not being boisterous. I just know my assignment tonight. I know why I came to North Georgia. I know why I drove up 53 and turned into Christ Fellowship. I'm coming for that devil. It's my assignment. He don't understand sugar lip preaching. Don't scare him a bit. It's okay. I know it's proud and boasters, but I ain't proud of me. I'm proud of Jesus. I'm proud of him. Are you ready for this? And the Bible says, not Lance Johnson, the Bible says that when he left that town, you know what he did? Everybody that followed him, he healed all their sick and cast out all their devils because persecution could not stop him. Talking about him couldn't stop him. Trying to come after him and kill him couldn't stop him. Threatening his life couldn't stop him. Somebody talks about you and the family member you brought to church don't understand you and you start waving the white flag. Well, we'll just back up and go to a dead church because our children didn't understand. The reason your children don't understand is because you don't understand. The reason your children don't understand is because you're letting children's church raise your children instead of you daddies being the priest of your home and letting your children see the fullness of the Holy Ghost in you. And until fathers become the priest of their home and mothers become what they're supposed to be in the house and begin to teach their children and demonstrate the power of God to their children. We're never going to raise a generation that understands the kingdom of God. Don't you talk about me, you're going to change nations. You can't get your kids saved. Mm, 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 mm. 
you need to march your Holy Ghost anointed self, kick the hinges off your teenager's door, the hinges right off. Take your anointing oil and your tongue-talking self right in their godless bedroom, jerk out every chore, find their dope, find their black magic, find their curious hearts, cast the devil out of your children. And if little Johnny tells you you're violating his right, kick little Johnny out the door and tell him to provide his own roof, his own clothes, his, my God, buy his own DVD. Go buy your own PlayStation. Mom and daddy ain't funding your hell no more. You want to grow up? Grow up. I'm going to show you how. That's the problem we got right now. Too many of you mamas and daddies is scared of your kids. You need to kick their pump tails. You know I'm fishing to go there. If you would bust their behinds, they might straighten up a little bit. Instead of you walking around like a dog with his tail tucked between his legs, you need to learn how to be their parent and quit being their buddy. I know I'm gonna get some letters on this one. Right on, baby, I got block on my Facebook. see the problem is you're socially correct but you're biblically illiterate spare the rod honey and you go spoil the child y'all don't want to hear me preach mm -hmm. I don't believe in abuse but I'm gonna preach in here some of you need to spank the hell right out of your children's life Little Johnny wouldn't tell me, but one time I hate you, Daddy. And little Johnny would be finding his tail tore up, sitting in the corner, sucking his thumb. The problem we got in America ain't the devil. The problem we got, we ain't got no mamas and daddies that's got no backbone and no anointing in their life anymore, willing to be the priest of their home. You'd rather be politically correct than you had biblically correct. Correct. Well, I'm preaching good in here tonight. Y'all may not be amening me, but I'm preaching because my, my father's standing up right now going, that's my boy, keep preaching, son. You're hearing me. Preach, son. They need to know what it means to be a man and a woman of God. I got to finish because my britches is falling off. Y'all know y'all'd find a caboose on that one way or another, didn't you? I'm gonna ask you a question tonight. I'm gonna give an invitation. Now I know I preached hard and I know I said a few things that probably rubbed you raw. And I'm sure I've made some people mad. And that's okay. Go home and read your Bible. Don't get mad at me, get mad at the Bible.
You need to get mad at yourself that you've raised your children wrong. You need to get mad at yourself because you didn't listen to God's Word and you listened to the greatest psychologist that knew not God. And our children's can't, the teachers in our school system can't do nothing with your wild buck rabbit children. Mm -hmm. Then you bring them to church. You can't discipline them. We can't discipline them because they run around here like a bunch of wild Indians. Because they don't respect authority because you ain't never been authority in their life. I'm going down this road. You got to get anointed to raise your children and quit letting everybody else raise them and quit blaming everybody else for doing the job you ain't never done yourself. Rise up and be anointed. Be a man and a woman of God that walks in the authority and the anointing of Jesus. Cast the devil out of your family. Cast the devil out of your drug, smoking, dope, shooting kids. Rip the laptop slap in half and tell them quit watching porn take their iPhones away from them <laughs> be anointed mamas and daddies because you can't be an anointed leader in this church in my church or any other church represented in this building if you can't be an anointed mom and daddy first don't go win the world when you can't win your children don't go cast demons out in the deliverance ministry when you can't cast the demons out of your own kids don't try to turn the light on in china when you can't turn the light on in America. Church, are we wound lickers or are we wound healers? I don't want to be a wound licker anymore. By confession, I spent years propping people up. I spent years not offending people. I spent years preaching a, a wonderful, encouraging, self-centered gospel. I spent years worrying about what people would say about me when I went home. Going home and, and having anxiety and ulcers and panic attacks because I was worried about what a family that I offended on Sunday. I went home and worried, fearful, every time the numbers would low. And every time I went to church and the numbers would high, I went home feeling like I had conquered the world. Y'all don't want to hear me preach. I went home feeling like a failure when the offerings were down. And I went home shouting to the rooftop when, I, when the offerings were high. Because my board required us to meet the weekly budget. And they don't put the pressure on themselves. They put the pressure on the man in the pulpit. And then one day I got awakened. And I quit living by the emotions of a good service. I started living by the move of what God said. And I decided in my life I would never be another wound licker. I would never prop people up. Either you're going to get it all or you ain't going to get nothing at all. Either you're going to believe it all or you can't believe none at all. 
because the truth is, is God wants you completely healed. God wants you completely delivered. God wants you completely whole. God don't want you half whole. When the man come back and said, I see men like, like trees, he said, go back. You didn't get it all. Somebody say, sometimes we got to go back. I'm not here to prop people up. I'm not here to promise you that you're going to be 27 years in Jesus and you're still one bad event away from backsliding. My God's greater than that. My God's greater than that. My God's a complete healer. And I'm asking you as a church tonight, are you going to be a wound licker? Or are you going to be a wound healer? Are you going to go heal this nation? Or are you going to lick the wounds of this nation? Are we going to be a, a, a thermometer on the wall that complains about the condition of our country? Are we going to be the thermostat that God's turning up the heat? We're getting ready to change the moral climate of our country. We're getting ready to be part of a grassroots movement of the Holy Ghost and fire that is going to turn our nation around. It's not going to turn around in Washington. It's going to turn around in the church house by the people of God, and we're going to take our nation back. One soul at a time. One family at a time. Stand with me all over the house. I'm going to ask you a question tonight. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask two or three. Pastor Todd, I don't apologize any way, shape, form, nor fashion for anything that I have preached tonight. But I will apologize to you because you are my dearest friend for any conflicts or hardships that my message caused you tonight. If you want to get mad at somebody, don't you get mad at this man and woman of God. You come talk to me. You want to deal with somebody, deal with me. Don't you run behind my back, talk to my pastor friends because I preach in their Bible. You come talk to me. I will talk to you. I will speak to you. I will pray for you. But I'm most assured if you come to me with aggression, I'm going to cast the devil out of you. Because I expect the devil to raise his head tonight. I expect it. I'm coming for you. Spirit of Antichrist, I'm coming for you. My assignment tonight is to cast you out. There are people in this room that the anointing makes you angry. At any time, the manifestation of Jesus, when he shows up and heals people in the water, there was a cowardly antichrist preacher that walked into Marion, Kentucky and sat down in the middle of revival where people got saved, where Pastor Sue got up and multitudes of people lined the altar and gave their life to Jesus under the conviction of the Holy Ghost. And their amazing teams went to them, followed up on them, took their names, and gave them a means to be discipled. And he mocked every miracle that God did in the water. He mocked every miracle that God did in that day, including the people that got saved. And I'm going after this devil right now. Anybody in this room that will mock people getting saved because a woman killed an altar call, you got the spirit of Antichrist. 
you got a problem with women preachers, you better read your Bible. Because my Bible tells me the first woman evangelist in the Bible was this woman at the Samaritan well. Philip wasn't the first man in Samaria. There was a woman that preached the gospel first. Ah, I'm going to bust that devil right in the nose. You spirit of Antichrist. anointing. There's war in the room tonight. I'm coming for that spirit. You mock what God does in the water because you've got a spirit of antichrist. You mock the mirror. It's not that you mock it. You've got to find some kind of systematic theory to disdain the supernatural power of God to heal, deliver, and set free. You'd rather have people coming to you every week sitting in a smoke-filled alcohol breath infused room full of powerless people that are stumbling from one backslide to another then you had to see them completely delivered and set free because you operate in the spirit of the, the wound liquor it's called the spirit of antichrist you'd rather lick wounds than you had get people healed and set free You'd rather for them to go through nine months of hellish chemotherapy than you had get healed in a baptistry. You'd rather for their hair to fall out and them throw their gut soap for nine months than get in a baptistry and meet Jesus and God heal them in the water. What kind of spirit of antichrist is that? I'm coming for that devil even if my britches fall off. I want every person in this room right now that's shackled and bound, brokenhearted and wounded, struggling and feeling conquered. I want every sinner that's surrounded by darkness I won't ever lost person that's groping in the darkness that don't know where to turn. You've tried religion and religion wouldn't change you. You've tried church and church didn't change you. I'm not asking you to try religion tonight. I'm not asking you to, to try church protocol. I'm asking you tonight to come running to Jesus Christ, the healer, the deliverer, the restorer, and the redeemer. He is in pursuit of you tonight. He'd come to save you tonight. He'd come to deliver you tonight. Don't be a victim anymore. Don't be bound anymore. Don't be broken anymore. Come and be healed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in this room tonight and you'd say, Lance, I'm broken. I'm hurting. I'm lost. I'm backslid. I'm lukewarm. I'm struggling. I'm an addict. I'm demon possessed. I'm demonically oppressed. I come through these doors needing a miracle tonight. I've tried religion and religion left me empty. I've tried programs and programs left me only more wounded and infected than I was. I'm asking you if you're in this room tonight, 
and you need Jesus in your life. You're lost and don't know where to turn. Darkness has surrounded you. And you need the light of Jesus in your life tonight. When you were running after the world, you were willing to forsake your children, your life, your family, your possessions. You gave up everything to go after dope. You gave your children to the foster care system, to some in-laws and some family members. You lost your wealth and your home. You left your marriage and you left your family, your mama and your daddy. And you did it all to chase sin and drugs, alcoholism, adultery. You gave up everything to follow your sin. I'm asking you to give up everything tonight and follow Jesus. I'm asking you to lose everything you call your life and go after God with everything in you. I'm asking you tonight to come out of the darkness and come into the light. I'm asking you to come out of the strongholds of the devil and come into the arms of a merciful Savior. If you're in this room tonight and you need Jesus, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand as high as you can. I don't want you to barely lift it. I want you to raise it up over your head and hold it there. If you have to take your other arm and hold it, you do that. But tonight you're going to make an open and a public statement, I need Jesus in my life. If you would go after Jesus the way you went after your sin, God will change your life. The problem is, is you would go after everything but Jesus. Tonight, this preacher's calling you to the arms of a merciful Savior. If you're in this room and you're ready right now to give your life to Jesus, you're ready to come out of a backslidden state, you're the prodigal about to run home, I want you to raise your hand. Are you ready? Be courageous, be bold. Do it right now. One, two, three. Raise it high. Raise it high. Raise them high all over the building. Hold them up, hold them up, hold them up, hold them up. I want you to raise them high. Let me tell you something. When that prodigal son came to himself, he woke up and he said, I don't belong in a pig pen no more. And the Bible said he came to himself. When you raise your hand tonight, you said to the heavens, I have changed my mind. You have come to yourself. You're not staying in the pig pen any longer. You ain't eating at the pig's table when you could be eating at a king's table. I want you right now to do exactly what the prodigal did. I'm gonna count to three one more time. And when I get to three, I don't want you to walk. I want you to run. You're coming home today, son. You're coming home today, daughter. You're coming home to the arms of a father. So when you go come home to the father, I want you to run after Jesus like you ran from Jesus. Are you ready right now? If your hand's in the air, come. One, two, three. Run, 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 run. Right now, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Run, 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 run. Run, 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 run. Come on, come on. Run, 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 run. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. There's others, there's others. Come on. There's others, there's others. Come on. Hi. Thank you. Keep saying. You said y'all ready to do war? Will you help me do war? How many warriors I got in the building right now? Raise your hand. I need warriors right now, warriors. There's lost people. There's lost people standing next to you. 
The enemy is warring for their souls. I need you to help me. Here's what I need you to do. I want you right now when I tell you to, I want you to turn to the person next to you. I want you to turn to them and I want you to take them by both hands. And I want you to look them in the eye. And I want you to ask them, do you need to be in this altar? And if they say yes, or they start crying, or they say, I don't know, I need you to take them by the hand, and I need you to walk down this aisle with them and bring them to the altar. There's a war for their souls in this building right now. The enemy don't want to let them go. But I tell you tonight, the power of the Holy Ghost is about to set them free. I need you to help me do war tonight. Are you ready? Right now, turn to the person next to you and ask them, do you need to be in this altar? Do you need to be in this altar? Do you need to be in? They're coming, they're coming. They're coming all over the building. They're coming, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. Bring them, bring them right now, bring them. My God. They're coming, they're coming, they're coming. They're coming, altar workers, I need you. Thank you, Jesus. They're coming. They're still coming. They're still coming. They're still coming. Pastor, they're still coming. Jesus to come right now and pray. Listen, I don't know anybody on the face of this planet more anointed right now to pray for the lost than the man that stands with me on this platform right now. But listen, I need to do something. I'm going to come off the stage in just a minute. And here's what I need right now. Look at me. Open your eyes. Not those in the altar, those in the sanctuary. Look at me right now. I have an assignment tonight. I'm not just talking like a man that's anointed or on fire or proud or whatever you want to call it. I'm coming for the spirit of Antichrist tonight. There's some of you in this room, you know that demons have, have upset, up, up, oppressed you and possessed you. Some of you in this room are involved in witchcraft. Some of you in this room have got infected with the spirit of Antichrist and you're tormented by demons. But tonight is your night to get free. And as soon as pastors done leading these people to Jesus and they open up the waters, I'm going, to, I'm going to begin to cast devils out of people tonight. I'm going to begin to get you delivered tonight from the demons that have tormented you. Listen, I'm coming for it. We're here to cast out devils tonight. We're here to take a thought of them. I'm not ashamed tonight. We're here to conquer the spirit of Antichrist. I want right now in this room, every head up, every eye open. I want every man and woman in this room to say, Bishop, I am, I am tormented by demons. I am struggling with demon oppression. I'm struggling with demon possession. Right now, if you're in this room and demons are tormenting you, if you're operating under a spirit of witchcraft or a spirit of antichrist, Jezebel, I don't care what title you want to put on it, we have come tonight to get you delivered. If you're struggling right where you are, raise your hand. Raise them high all over the building. All over the building, all over the building, all over the building. Raise them up, raise them up. 
I want to see if you're battling demons. Raise your hand. Raise your hand tonight. Raise your hand. Come on, we want to see them. We're coming for them tonight. In just a few minutes, pastor's coming. He's going to lead these people to the Lord. He's going to pray. And I'm going to come back. We're going to pray for those of you tonight that are not getting in the water. We're going to pray for you tonight to get delivered. Are you ready for that? Pastor, go ahead.